For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. All right, episode two here for our summer series. We're going to do linebackers and corners and safeties. We'll round out the defense today if you missed it. We did the defensive line in the first uh, episode. We have lumped everything else together because if you haven't been paying attention, we'll yell it at you here again on today's episode. Everything but boundary corners sort of are interchangeable for this group. Obviously, there's going to be a free safety. There's going to be a strong safety, and they're going to spend most of their time there. But other than that, going to be a lot of mixing and moving of parts uh, George Letzke, you brought with you the PFF grades. So sure. we'll kind of just start here with the corners. Sure. And and we'll go straight to um, the draft pick. The number one draft pick this year, Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. Uh, let's take a look here. I have his information up here. Six foot, of course, all the information, all, all, everything leading you know, after the draft was his size. Uh, they've got him listed as 180. I have heard he's put on a little bit of weight. Uh, we've seen the pictures, though. He is as skinny as advertised. Let's put it that way. His 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 calves look like my forearms. Um, <laughs> but but a rangy guy. That's kind of a, a a word everybody uses. But but it is. He's got super long arms. He's what they're looking for now. Uh, always around the ball. And I think <clears throat> what you find is that those takeaways, while sometimes takeaways can be fluky, right? But I, I think just being around the ball that much of the time, in my mind, alleviates some of all that flukiness. George, what are the numbers say from PFF? Yeah, so to break it down, I have like variable scores. You can always kind of chime in with me throughout the show, Doug. I have, P, I have overall PFF score. I have coverage and run defense. I also have um, alignments and their snap counts. So throughout the show, you can ask me any of those questions, and I got it for us. In regards to overall PFF score, we had Kendall Fuller with a 76.6, Benjamin St. Juice with a 58.3, Danny Johnson with an 81. Christian Holmes with a 47.1. And obviously with um, Emmanuel Ford being a rookie, he doesn't have any PFF scores right now. 
So those are the cornerbacks. Then go into safety whenever you're ready. <clears throat> okay. Uh, grab me one more. Tariq Castro Fields, if you have it. Give me a I moment. Don't know how much he played last year? Let Let's start going through them individually, Adam. What was your thoughts uh, when you looked at the tape and kind of went back after the draft pick and took a look at at Forbes? What are your initial thoughts? I just think, you know, you also have to go by what, you know, some of his offensive teammates, particular, you know, Jahan Dotson, who's been very vocal uh, this camp about his opinions of, you know, his quarterback and, you know, in particular Forbes. And, you know, the consensus is that, you know, he's looking like a veteran out there. You know, he's not really making a lot of the mistakes you see from rookies and everything. Again, we'll see a lot more in training camp, but it sounds like, you know, he's really um, adapted to this playbook. Um, you know, he's aggressive. And I think everyone you're going to have to wait till the season because, you know, the main question is, is his physicality. But again, if you just look at the, the tape and the SEC, you know, he was plenty physical, you know, there wasn't times where you're seeing him getting bowled over and, you know, granted uh, Mississippi state didn't put him in position to, you know, really get abused. So he'll definitely have some lumps early on, but I think that, his style is really fitting what Del Rio wants to do, which is a lot of pressure up front. And, you know, you talk about tip balls, you know, Forbes is opportunistic, if not anything. So I think that that's what we're going to see early on. And, you know, we've seen, a, a, I think last I checked was three or four interceptions and, you know, various uh, seven on sevens, 11 on 11. So I think he's got a nose for the ball. It's with I, fans will not like to hear this because they don't like their favorite team's players compared to the enemy. But I have heard several times that like Diggs is sort of the comp where he yes. is always around exactly. the ball, but because he is willing to go for it, he obviously will get burnt. I mean, I think that's something that as fans, we have to realize corners get burnt. That That's what they do. And that's why, you know, from guys we've talked to, you know, you have to have zero memory to play that position. It's why it's so hard to find guys that can just live out there on those islands and and put it out there for the world to see. You know, because I think that's the that's the big thing is that you got to he, he's going to go for him. He's going to get some. But I think he's going to get burnt to a lot like Diggs will. Uh, George, I think we can if we agree on on Forbes starting on the outside on one side i i think the biggest maybe conversation let's call it going into actual camp is who plays opposite Re, uh, read out those kendall fuller numbers again because i think people will be surprised he was very good once he got moved outside last year 100%. Yeah, so Kendall Fuller, he actually had a 76.6 PFF score, 15th overall out of 119 cornerbacks. Uh, he had a coverage rate of 75.6 and a run defense of 73.7. So uh, Kendall Fuller, man, I think um, if you're asking me the question, who's going to start on the boundary, I do think it is going to be um, Emmanuel Forbes and Kendall Fuller charting out week one as the starters. Uh, Kendall Fuller, he's 28. He's one of the most experienced people in the defensive backfield. He had 1,030 snaps. He had more snaps than anybody else on the defense last year at the cornerback position. And I think that um, – I think Jack Del Rio trusts him. Ron Rivera trusts him. And I think he actually fits for what they want to do. Um, Benjamin Santos, they did invest in him. He's a third-round pick. He has that big size. But I do think he's more of like a man cover, more of a physical cornerback. And I think we're going to start transitioning more to more zone coverage, even more so than last year. And last year, I looked at PFF rates as well. Um, you know, 
I don't have the full numbers. It got up to like week 15, but around 70% of Washington's coverage was in zone last year. So if you have someone that's kind of reading off the ball and likes to jump coverage like Emmanuel Forbes, that's kind of Fuller's strength as well. That, that is not Benjamin Sanchez's strength. Right. So I think Fuller and um, and Forbes will be the first two trotting out there. But I think the one benefit is you do have four, you know you do have Benjamin Sanchez in that back pocket. You have him on the bench, and he can play the position. And hopefully he grows a little bit further. But to answer that question, I think it's going to be Fuller and um, Forbes to start off. And it's a great problem to have to have some good depth like that. I like that. <clears throat> it is a great problem to have, and it's one that I don't think we've had around here <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. in a while. In, in yeah. any of the secondary positions, really, I think. Adam, if you can help explain a little bit to to the viewers, we we talk a lot about on the show, and and actually credit to you, Adam, because I really had always just figured it'd be St. Juice outside, and you kind of were the one a couple of weeks ago that maybe made me think more and more about Fuller starting outside. When we talk about guys that need a boundary to help them, where where the you know the slot you have both open sides, some some corners do better when they have that boundary line as an extra defender. Do do me explain that a little bit to our to our viewers and listeners what what that kind of means and why it helps some guys more well, than others. I, I think with, with the zone thing, it's it's all it's about coverage up in the back end, you know, because you have a lot of rotating, a lot of moving parts, so that can help. Uh, with St. Juice, um, I don't think he is as dependent as a lot of people think he is because exactly he's very physical, he's very good, you know, when he's manning up. I look at him as a very situational kind of player, like just say stick him on the outside, he's he's there to stay. No, I think that's going to be the advantage they have with Forbes because you know with Forbes and St. Juice, I think you know be matchup dependent, they'll be able to move him around. But really, to me, uh, what it comes down to is backside help. You know, so you know depending on the zone, the scheme, the cloud that they're playing. You know, it's really about the assistance that they're going to get, you know, in the back end. And we talked about Fer Forbes. Yeah, he'll get burnt from time to time, hopefully not too often. But that also has to do a lot with the safeties because there's a lot of, like we said, a lot of changes going in the back. You know, we talk about Forrest and Curl, you know, jumping in that, you know, that deep space. But, you know, we've heard a lot about Percy Butler really looking good in that role either. Also, and Martin, they're, you know, drafting him to do that as well. So I think you're going to have a lot of help for the corners this year. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of guys put out on the islands, you know, that we've seen in the past. I mentioned Tariq Castro Fields earlier. Um, George, will you bring the numbers up for him? Yeah. Uh, I brought him up because you and I were talking, George, on your podcast. San Forte, the San Forte, right. actually. Yeah. He, he yeah we him asked up. him who was the mm -hmm. guy nobody's talking about, you know, kind of in the fan world. Mm -hmm. uh, the guys around camp maybe got a better look at. And that was one of the guys he brought up. The, the team is high on him and his upside. Yeah, for sure. So he has a very limited data point, actually. He only had six snaps last year. He played five okay. in run defense and one in coverage. He had an overall grade of 63.1, um, run defense 60.4, and coverage 60.2. But honestly, for me, throw that number out. You know, there's only five plays. You can't really have a total evaluation yeah. off of that, in my opinion. But 24 uh, years old. This is only his second year in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, 6'1", 197. Adam, do you have anything more to add in on Tariq Castro Fields? Are you familiar oh, with him? I some college film on, you know, good stuff there. But again, like you said, that there's just not enough, you know, tape on the pros, you know, putting them out in boundaries or moving them around to see how he can really do so. Training camp, it, this is going to be a really interesting matchup, even though, you know, how interesting is the back end of the cornerback matchups. But, you know, I have them uh, probably going the season uh, with five. Uh, some people mm. had him six, but uh, I think that, you know, Castro Fields, Holmes, and Johnson will probably be out battling out for two slots. But I, agree. I, I keep coming.
coming back to, you don't see Del Rio get rid of his draft picks in the first three years. So unless Holmes really regresses, I think that, you know, Castro Fields, that's a guy that you could probably slip onto the practice squad. We've seen with Danny Johnson, you know, if someone else emerges, you know, you can cut and bring him back. But, you know, I, I think that it'll be an uphill battle for for him to beat out, you know, one of Ron Rivera's draft picks. Christian Holmes, Oklahoma State, got drafted two years ago. Six foot one, two oh five. That's a boundary guy, or he plays in the slot, Adam. Strictly boundary. Um, he is stiff, and but I have heard they they have liked, you know, um, how he's some of his fundamentals have been refined. You know, they they've liked some of the things they've seen. But again, we're talking about back end guys, so that you know that last one, probably that last spot, you know, in the defensive backfield, it's going to be dependent on you know who really shines in camp because um, Holmes right now. He's just a guy, but you know, like yeah, I said, a lot of team, not too many teams. The fifth cornerback is, you know, something to talk about. Otherwise, he'd be somewhere else playing, you know, three yeah. or four. So. And one of those guys for us is Danny Johnson, who is one of these guys that, you know, you, you respect these guys, right? Because he just grinds, and every time you think Danny Johnson, where did he go? Now he's right there on the team. <laughs> they can't cut him off. And part of what you were saying there, Adam, is like what these guys have to do at the back end of this corner. Uh, depth is play special teams. Special teams. And while Danny Johnson's really good in that nickel role, and I and I think that's where he's best at, and was was really pretty good when he got his opportunities there last year. He's a special teamer through and through, and and you need those guys, and that's fine. That's not a that's not a dig. I think people think that being the fourth or fifth corner and playing special teams is, I mean, still got yeah. a spot on the fifty three, and you're and you're, you're an injury away from being productive. And to Danny Johnson's point, he actually has produced pretty well since when he gets on the field. So looking at this, yeah. you know, I was pretty impressed by him. He had 300 snaps last year. He started for four games. He had a PFF score of 81, you know, as a, as a reserve corner. And what I liked about him is he basically rotated different positions as well. He had 202 um, snaps as a slot corner, 44 out in the boundary. So he actually, um, oh, sorry, let me take, I have it backwards. He had 202 that were out wide and 44 in the slot. So he can, so he can I do mean, I was wrong there. I don't, I don't yeah. know why. I thought he was a was a, a nickel guy. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, I do I do like the fact that like you, I respect those guys, people that grind, get on the get on the practice squad when their when their numbers called to get on the field. So I don't mind Danny Johnson at all. He's a good yeah. back end of the corner kind of guy. It was necessity. He is a smaller <laughs> slot guy. It was a necessity last year. Like, again, we talk about Benjamin St. Juice all we want, but the guy can't stay healthy. So you, that's, that's why true. you see guys like him getting more snaps. But he, he's inside for sure. I don't trust him outside. Yeah. And and the last guy who actually was did get a lot of action last year uh, is Rashad Wild Goose, mm-hmm. um, who who was productive when he got uh, his opportunities. What what were the numbers there? Five ten one ninety one at Wisconsin. Twenty three years old. What are the numbers, George? Give me a moment for Wild Goose. I don't have him right handy. I pull it up right now though. Yeah, but he but he's in that mix as we look through it, Adam. While George is getting the numbers. It's, it's basically, as I see it quickly, as I look here, you've got, I mean, it's interesting what happens with Troy Atkin. People will laugh about that, but he's been a special team standout. Again, you need those guys. But it's Troy Apke, Tariq Castro-Fields, Emmanuel Forbes, Kendall Fuller, Christian Holmes, Danny Johnson, St. Juice, and I guess and I guess Wild Goose. Those are the guys that are going to be fighting out for those, to your point, Depending on how many safeties they keep, five or six corners, I guess. Right. So I got I got Wild Goose whenever you're ready. So Wild Goose, 179 snaps in the slot. He was three on the boundary corner. 
Um, he basically had a overall grade of 50.7, had a very little run defense of 40.5, and a coverage grade of 53.9. Um, on a, on 20 targets, 11 receptions given up for Wagyu. So I, I don't know. It didn't seem like it's too promising there. I mean, he's obviously a back end of the player, six-round pick from Buffalo, but, you know, we'll see how it turns out. <clears throat> he's probably at the bottom of I that list with Castro Fields that we kind of talked about there. Okay, we'll transition from there to the linebackers. I brought this up earlier. I, I think it's important. We'll kind of work outside in the, the line. So many people have complained about the linebacker depth. And while I agree that there is not much depth there on the team, I think last year they were in nickel. Correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, but it was like 80% of the time, 75% uh -huh. of the time. I, I think I saw – they were in base 43, four snaps last year. Mm -hmm. Not per game. Yeah. Like the entirety of the season, they were yeah. in, you know, 43. So, I mean, I would think that you're looking a lot more 515, 425, you know, that that kind of that kind of scenario than you are uh your base 43. You got Cody Barton. I thought this was interesting. I don't know if you guys saw this. I I retweeted it the other day. Maybe Michael Phillips had was weren't in one of his columns, but basically Cody Barton said, you know, I left money on the table come to Washington because I was told I'd have an opportunity to get the green be green dotted, as he said. And I thought that was really interesting. It makes me feel like they obviously had given him, at least verbally, this notion that he was going to get snaps, and that's why he's here. I don't think they, they did. They gave Jamin Davis the green dot for a little while at the end last year, but he was not playing middle linebacker. He was still off. I remember thinking that they had moved him to middle and somebody corrected me on Twitter. I went back and looked at the tape. Sure enough, he was, he did, when they gave him the dot, they did not move him to middle. So I, I think it's interesting with Cody Barton. Adam, I know you've done a little work on him. Uh, Tell us what you think about him while he's doing that, George. If you'll pull up the numbers for him. I got it. <clears throat> Go ahead with the numbers first then, and then Adam yeah. will get your thoughts on him. Yes, so Cody Barton had a PFF score of 63.7. Um, he had a coverage uh, PFF score of 60 and a run defense of 64.4. Um, this is all in Seattle, obviously. He had 894 snaps um, in Seattle, and he had 91 tackles last year um, with a 6% miss rate, which is actually better than Cole Holcomb. So pretty interesting. <laughs> <clears throat> Obviously, Cody Barton being the replacement for Holcomb this year as, as he went on to the Steelers. Adam, I, we've talked a little bit about, about Barton uh, over the years, or not over the years, but over the offseason here. What, uh, tell us again for those that haven't weren't on the episode last time. Yeah, you know, last I was just trying to pull up my, my article on him, but um, last year he really didn't see extended time with the starting unit. Um, I think it was to the last six games. But when he did get his opportunity, uh, he really shined. Um, you know, there wasn't there was some instances where he did get blown up uh, when um, uh, in run support, really, you know, just getting engulfed by, you know, bigger offensive linemen. But, you know, I think when they talk about the green dot, I think what excites people is, you know, his ability to drop in coverage. Uh, you know, he's always going to be compared through this year, at least to, you know, Cole Holcomb. And I think one thing that you're getting in him, you don't get quite maybe the the as a ferocious hitter as Cole Holcomb is, um, but you're getting a guy that's, you know, 
better in coverage proven i i wouldn't i wouldn't go that far because like i said he's got although he had a lot of snaps a lot of those snaps weren't starting snaps until the last about five weeks of the season but um again you know i don't know if george put this out if i'm repetitive i apologize but he had 68.6 passer rating while in coverage last year so you know that's that that's something that washington really hasn't had for a while in their linebackers so i think the hope is that you know you'll be able to use him in, in situations like that but again uh, I'll come back to it. You know, I think that they'll be using a lot more defensive backs and I don't see a situation where Jamin gets kicked off the field and it's just Barton. I see a lot of situations where it's one linebacker. I think they like what they have in Davis as far as, you know, his pursuit angles. Barton, that's that's a lot of the questions that I have for him is his pursuit angles. You know, he looks good, you know, when he's dropping his hips, going back in coverage. But, you know, when he had to go lateral, you know, that there was concern there. I mean, you know, he didn't really get beaten up over the top. One touchdown given up last year, uh, but he had two interceptions and three pass breakups. So, again, just on the raw numbers alone, uh, there is something to be excited about. Like, if you look at that, Washington hasn't had that probably since London Fletcher, a guy that can really, you know, you can just trust back there. But he may be, you know, going for the green dot. But Washington's a little unusual. I, I think they we're going to see through the years that there's going to through the season that multiple players are going to be wearing that green dot, not him, because usually you know that entails a guy playing you know 60, 70 percent of the snaps. No way. I see Barton getting past you know 40 would be max, and that's generous. So it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him. But it's all about matchups, and I think if you you know going against teams, you know Philadelphia, I think that's a situation where you could see him get a lot more snaps as long as you know we're not seeing him miss any tackles because you know heavy run teams, you want to have a guy like that. He's got better size than Holcomb, again better in coverage. So you know we'll, we'll see. When when you say that he had a 68 percent passer rating while in coverage. Uh, I'll play the dummy here. I'm assuming that's the quarterback rating while he was, grade, yes. while he was playing against them. Right. Okay. It was his coverage grade. Yeah. But again, a lot of that got inflated, like I said, through those last four or five weeks because he had a lot of time on the field. A lot of it was due to injury. A lot of it was due to Seattle just, you know, moving things around. But, you know, I've talked to Seattle. When, as soon as we signed him, I talked to, you know, Seattle fans. I know they're just diehards and they, they weren't happy to see him go. You know, they didn't want to see him get paid a lot of money, but they really thought that they could get him back on the cheap. So for what Washington got, you know, a lot of fans in Seattle thought, you know, they should have re-signed him. So that's always a good sign. I love what uh, you nailed it. Like, I love what you said, Adam. I think um, I think Col Cody Barton's projection is very similar to Cole Holcomb's, right? I feel like the team basically wanted to get a healthier Cole Holcomb is what, in my opinion, like, you know, like Cole Cody Barton's kind of on the upswing. He potentially could improve. Like, they liked Cole Holcomb. They potentially wanted to keep him as well. But the injuries were just taking his toll. He only played, what, I think seven games last year, four games last year for Cole Holcomb. He basically was in it for most of the season. So they like that Cody Barton upswing there. Um, I do think I love what you said about the Philadelphia Eagles. I do think that um, he may play heavy in some games, but he will be more of a substitute package linebacker. But I also believe that like um, his narrative is kind of being untold a little bit right now. I know there's a lot of talk about, hey, Khalid Hudson's getting all these reps in training camp and Khalid Hudson might be the starter over Barton. I don't honestly believe that to be the case. I think um, it's just an indoctrination period for Cody Barton. He's new to the team. He doesn't really know the playbook. He's trying to figure things out, how to work with people. And I think he's just basically just kind of taking a step back in the watching approach right now. He's kind of seeing how he fits into the defense. Um, you know, I think Khalid Hudson's a little bit further ahead in regard to his knowledge of the defense. So they're kind of putting him out there to not slow down the rest of the team because the rest of the team is already incumbents. He's the 
you know, the whole team is pretty much coming back on the defensive side of the ball, except for Cody Barton. He's a new addition. So I think Barton will get up to speed eventually. I'm not going to say he's a diehard takeover the game type of linebacker, but I can kind of envision kind of a Cole Holcomb role for him in DC. And I'm excited. I mean, we'll see how he goes. You know, one one stat that I just noticed in my article that I was saying was 6.7 yards per reception, which was a league low uh, during that time. And, and that, nice. that's a good stat to have because you're basically talking about, you know, he's not chasing guys from behind. Uh, he, every, he's keeping relatively everything in front of him. So that's what you want to see in a, in a middle linebacker. You know, um, this is not a guy that's really going to wreak havoc around the line. This is a guy that you can drop, you know, drop in that that 10 yard range, try to keep everything in front of him, set your team up for, you know, uh, you know, a lot of third and fours, third and five. So I think that 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 is that was an interesting ad as well that came out for him. And I, and I definitely think there's a world in which they are in a four two five. Yes. Quite a bit. That still allows them to get one of their extra safeties on the field. It allows them to be a little bit bigger. Uh, with Barton than it would with some of their safeties. I think he's a little bit. Do you have the number? Do you have the height and weight on Cleeky Hudson, George? I, I, I right actually now. was getting ready to go there next. I'm glad you had brought him up because he is getting work. And while I agree, he's probably not the starter at the end of the day. I know many people, including myself, really high on him coming out of of college out of Michigan, uh, where he played that Viper money backer. It's the Buffalo nickel here. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they've got him over in in that middle spot now, probably to your point, George, which which was a good one, that a lot of times guys you see in the offseason are out there so that everybody else isn't getting bogged down by the new guy needing to figure it out. Especially during this time of the year, June and July, once August starts coming around, we're going to start seeing training camp battles and fighting for position time. I think we're trying to install the defense right now. And they wanted to have the most knowledgeable people on the field. Um, Khalid Hudson is six foot two twenty, so he actually he's kind of smaller than I thought. I thought he might have been a little bit taller than that, but six foot two twenty. And and that makes sense as to why he was kind of in that hybrid role. That, yeah, yeah, that viper role that kind of is it looks more like a safety, uh, but probably not quite as fast as you'd like. I don't have like his 40 numbers up or anything or his, or his splits, but I, I, I have in my mind that he was not uh, all that quick. And then of course, behind him, it, it's funny because if you look at the actual, I've got the list here, it's Cody Barton, Jamin Davis, My, Milo Eifler, Dejon Harris, Kaliki Hudson, and David Mayo. I mean, that's, that's the list, right? So, I mean, <laughs> outside of... Hudson, Barton, and Davis. I mean, there's not a ton to write home about. And the point being, and brought it up at the top of the show, and I will continue trying my best to pound the message home. That that's by design. You know, they they could have gone out and had a full 43 type middle linebacker and, and outside linebackers and set the whole thing up. It's just not what they do. So having a lot isn't necessary. Now, I will say, Adam, they've got zero room for injury error. Yeah. Like yeah. the guys they got behind them don't excite anybody, I can't imagine. And then, you know, and I'll, and I'll throw in a wild card. Um, Andre Jones Jr., who was drafted in the seventh round, you know, he was projected coming out as a 3-4 outside linebacker, you know, 6'5", 258. He played a lot of linebacker in high school and college, you know, six years at Louisiana state. Um, I heard that, you know, they really, they would like to get him on that final 53. If he can progress, um, you know, have him a situational pass rusher, you know, an outside linebacker, you know, again, you're, you're, you're still talking about, 
you know, 15% of the snaps, you know, something like that. But that's also a guy to look at, even though he's listed as defensive end on the, the breakdown on their website. I talked to Doc Walker, talked to so many people. I'm like, so is he just a straight defensive end? They said, no, they, they like him a lot in that hybrid outside linebacker role. And they don't have anyone like that. So that'll, that'll be interesting to watch. I don't know if he's going to be able to crack the 53, you know, with who they have as the other pass rushers. So it, it would add, someone would have to give. Um, but yeah, that's another name to watch. It would allow them to sneak him on as a linebacker instead of a D line. Whereas we talked about in the, in the previous episode, they, they, they're pretty, I mean, they're pretty stacked, you know, it's going to be hard to get on as a D end uh, with this group. It's interesting. I, we had brought this up in the group chat, right, George, uh, about Adam saying that he had heard this. It uh, surprised a lot of people. I love that, it. I got, uh, that, that was the word. I love it. I mean, that's definitely what it's all about, right? Adam got his insight. He's sharing his opinion. I'm really keeping an eye on it. I hope, I really do hope Andre Johnson um, shines, you know, provides an outside linebacker role. Um, one thing I want to touch on is, um, I'm just really happy with um, – I know it's going to sound funny. It might be blasphemous, but Jack Del Rio, like, he gets a lot of, like, critiques. And, you know, he's a, people say he's a dinosaur and he has a very closed-minded vision on a defense. But what we're hearing is how dynamic and how flexible the defense actually is, which I think is pretty impressive. Like, we keep talking about Jamin Davis in the linebacker role. I think Cam Curl is going to be playing more in the box. I think we, we have a lot of flexibility that we can basically move some things around. Um, doing some research for this show, I do think um, Cam Curl would be more of like a dimebacker with Jamin Davis potentially. Yep. Um, I think I think he'll be the primary guy covering tight ends. I think he has a flexibility to do that, which also you know provides more flexibility for our nickelback and our other corners. I think um, you know Quan Martin. Like I think he's going to be in an exceptional piece once he gets up to speed. Um, people definitely, you know, people dr like drag Bobby McCain and I can see where they're coming from in regard to like mishaps and coverage, but he was a flexible piece. So you could play corner. Um, they could basically, you could flex all the way out to free safety, be a single high at any given point. And I can see, um, Quan Martin also doing that, but with a more, a, more of an athletic profile, he's faster, can jump higher, he's stronger. And I think with, he has a higher ceiling than Bobby McCain ever did. Um, one of the things that I loved about, it, and I was doing some like film research on this, is the fact that they hide coverages where they might have like a too high coverage. Will be like Forrest and Cam Curl. Cam Curl will ro rotate down for a tight end, and then Bobby McCain would shoot up and become the free safety, provide a cover to like cloud coverage in the backfield. And I could see Quan Martin doing that as well. So there's a lot of flexibility, a lot of hidden like elements for the defense. I think is going to be coming with this year. I'm really excited about the flexibility and. You know, we touched on Percy o. Butler. Like, I love him too. I yeah. think he has some potential. He plays, you know, he plays with like you know fire in his pants. I Man, he's he's a, a high energy player. So I'm excited about that too. So be good. I am too. You make a great point, George, and I think we, it doesn't get talked about enough. When when the two of them, Ron and Del Rio, got here, mm -hmm. I, I certainly was part of the crowd that said these dinosaurs. You know, the the league, the game has passed them by. They've been left behind. And to their credit, they've been kind of at the forefront, actually, of this movement to a 4 2 5. They were really early on this idea. I mean, you know, they were trying um, to get that Buffalo uh, nickel sorted out when it was Landon Collins, right? Yeah. That's uh, true. And, what I, and what I hope will happen is that they'll, is that with the pieces that they have now, with the, with the forests and the butlers, and even Reeves, when I talk to Reeves, he's kind of been yeah, assured yeah. he'll get more on the field playing time this year, which I think is nice because he's another one of those guys, right, where like the Danny Johnsons of the world, you get him on the field and he just knows where to be. 
Yeah. And, and him and, and Curl just seem to have, but I, but I guess long way to get to, I hope that they're able to use that to get Curl down in the box more. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this Buffalo nickel and who's going to play, whether it be Quan Martin, you know, go back to McCain when they finally had the pieces so they could get McCain out of free safety and down into the nickel to your point, George, allow them to do so many more things because yeah. that really wasn't, you know, when people were excited about McCain in Miami, it wasn't because he was a stellar free safety. No, it was because he, he was in the slot. Doing all flex. Things. They, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they could get back into free safety when yeah. needed. And I think that's one of the nice things about having Curl, Forrest, and I think Butler to start early. I, I had long thought it had been Martin. He's a second-round pick. And, and I think Martin will get plenty of work this year. But the other thing that needs to be credited to the coaching staff is is they've been very loyal to kind of the pecking order. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you were here first, work your butt off. It's your turn. And I think they'll do that for Percy Butler this year. I think he'll get first crack at whatever it is they're going to call it. Because I I think when Percy Butler's on the field, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, Adam, but he'll be back into one of the safety spots and then they'll roll curl down in, right? Yeah, they call it, it's like a cool package. The, the the Giants did it too over the last couple of years that they, they were doing it too. But yeah, that's more of the Cobra, that 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 three-headed look right there. And I agree with hundred percent. It's not just that he, you know, he's he's paid his dues. I hear they are really excited with how much he's progressed. And I think that, you know, they even thought when they got him they got a steal because it, you know just coverage alone, that's where he shines. The questions were him getting him close to the line. So the farther you can get him away, you know, putting him in coverage the better, but that's what's so good about Forrest too, that we saw what happened, you know, they're always better with curl in there, but when he had to go in that strong safety spot and, you know, that they can, you know, use Butler and, you know, even eventually Martin and, you know, that interchangeable role, I I think it'll be hard to keep a guy like Butler off the field this year. I think that they're going to find ways, you know, Butler, Forrest and curl. I think you guys, you're going to say, I wrote an article, you're going to see them somewhere, you know, 70 plus percent of the time. Because I think the point is getting your best guys on the field. And I think that, you know, this right now, in my opinion, and safety is the deepest position that they have next to wide receiver. Got a question for you guys, if you don't mind, Doug. Um, no, so, you know, I, I love it. I, th- I love the flexibility of our safeties. I, I think Quan Martin's going to be an excellent piece. I think he's going to really change the whole dynamic of our defense. Well, let's say he kind of comes along slowly because we automatically assume he's going to be a week one starter, but you never know. Maybe he doesn't start to week three or four. Who's going to play that nickel position? In your and your, uh, you know, from your perspective, and do you think Benjamin St. Juice will potentially go back inside, or I, I feel like they wouldn't want to mess around with Forbes and Fuller on the outside. So I'm kind of curious if you think we'll play nickel. In your opinion, both of you guys, because Adam first, go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think if that happens, I think their plan is to have Martin in that slot. But if that happens, I think it makes more sense for St. Juice to slide inside instead of you know taking Fuller out from the outside. Forbes, I heard they're they're trying them everywhere. But I, I don't see a scenario where they're going to have him in the slot too much. I think through the year, you'll see him here and there based on packages because that's just how the, Del Rio is running this defense. But if they have to have necessity, you know, St. Juice, yeah, we'll go inside. And that and that's simply that, – that's strictly if you're putting three corners out, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's oh. that. You're playing a three-corner alignment, yeah. Who do you – so it, do you answer the question the same way if we're just talking about who gets into – the nickel more often. 
um, to, to nickel more often. I think that, you know, it, it, as long as Martin's progressing, it's him because, the, you know, they're drafting him high to be the come that guy. And also exactly he gives him the position flexibility to drop in safety and where you can bring curl down the box too. So I think he makes even more sense than Benjamin St. Juice. Benjamin St. Juice to me, um, having him fuller and Forbes, I think that only happens if things aren't going right. Cause if they, you know, if, if everything's going to plan, you know, you want to have Forbes and fuller on the outside and quantity, uh, slot and you're going to have uh, uh you're going to have curl forest and um percy butler as your you know interchangeable guys in the backfield so ultimately that's i know that's what they want to do but if they have to because i i know they they like benjamin st juice but i also know that they double down at the position because they're not sold on his long-term future and that's same and, and fuller too you know again he's not old but i think that they're not banking on him past this year because i think that you know he'd have to have a really good year to be around next year again because he's got a pretty decently high salary for you know he his does. production it does. It'll be interesting to see what happens after the ownership comes. When I had Standig on, he made a great point where, you know, this would be one of those opportunities to extend Fuller, actually give him two more years on the contract, get that number down. By the yeah. time the contract's over, he's 32 or 31. Um, but there's no money to be given out right now. So you're not <laughs> extending anybody. To me, this is the biggest conversation of the offseason how they do the back end because you know you went right to martin and i while i totally agree with that adam you know we've also had the conversation of them getting um the other three in with butler right so if if, if they use if they use butler forest and curl Yep, as the five is the five is the is the three safeties in the five DB looks. Right. They I assume then that they roll Cam down into the big nickel. Percy goes to free safety and Forrest goes to strong. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. That that that's a look that I that I've seen, yeah. Because Butler's not really a strong safety. Not right? at all. He's not at all. Free safety. Pure, pure free safety. The thing about Martin Quan that's different though is you can just see his number from last year. Martin, if you had to do that, I feel confident that he could go to that strong safety role as well. You know, not huge, 5'11", 194, but what sixty-four tackles, three tackles for a loss, and a sack, two forced fumbles last year. So he's shown his physicality. So I think that's a guy you can move around. But Percy Butler, to me, he is your true free safety. You know, you can have him in the. You can have him you know rotating in different uh packages but you you know you don't want him close to the line really you know and run support or you know anything like that i, I don't i'm not sure how he's going to fare against the tight ends but you know we talked about curl out of anybody on this team any linebacker any db he is the best you know that they have a coverage tight ends and when they play teams with supreme tight ends that's what i expect to see i agree and then gentlemen the one last thing i want to add on is that's the beauty of all this right we have the flexibility to kind of do anything right we have the multiple safeties the multiple cornerbacks right in the nfc east we're going to face some big bodied wide receivers as well with aj brown and people like that i don't think benjamin st juice's story is untold yet i think he still has plenty of um plenty of life in him as well yeah. i could definitely see things where 
it's like a trips left, you know, three wide receivers on one side, one big wide receiver on the right. We have Benjamin Sanchez covering that man on coverage yep. on the other side to kind of like have that physical presence, that man on coverage, because you can do multiple things. So yep. I think the defense is going to be multiple. I do think it's going to be flexible. It's going to be really fun to watch all year long. Yeah, Forbes <laughs> is going to, I think, you know, too, it's not going to be something like we're going to see Forbes playing, you know, 80, 90% of the snaps this year. I think it'll be closer to that 65% range and they're going to get St. Juice and whoever else. I don't think that he, maybe, you know, we start to get to the last five, six games, maybe, but I think that they're going to ease him in like that. This is just something I've watched from Del Rio and, and Rivera through the years is, you know, they don't often just throw these guys out there like that, especially cornerbacks. So I think that he'll have a lot of support. I think that they're going to want to rotate a lot of guys as well, as much as possible. George, do you have the percentage of snaps for Kendall Fuller last year? Kendall Fuller almost predominantly on the field. Like I, so um, I had the snap count. So Kendall Fuller, Kendall Fuller led the entire defense with 1,030 snaps last year. Uh, Deron Payne was 907 with number two. Derek That's Forrest, insane, by the way. He, yeah, it's nuts. Is it a lot? More, he had a lot more than Jonathan Allen for sure. And then it was Derek Forrest 849, and then finally Jamin Davis rolling out the um, fourth spot with 833. So the recap: Fuller, Payne, Forrest, Davis was the um, snap counts, which is you know. So that that just shows me the trust in Fuller, in my opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, that they're they're willing to keep you out there if you do. I was going to say because I didn't think that that they that those corners came off very much. I and, and but they have enough. To your point, Adam, they could if they wanted to. Um, but it'll be interesting to see just what they think of if they see Forbes as that first round overall lockdown corner, and he probably plays a ton like Fuller did last year. I think it's the I think it's the the third if we're ranking position groups as we go through this and we I think all agree that defensive line is the best position group is it safe is it that is it the DBs next or receivers next where do the DBs fit into the position group rankings to you guys I I think it's DBs number two. I think it's one A even. I think the DBs are very flexible. I like the depth that the cornerbacks have. I like the depth that the safeties have. Uh, they're all on rookie contracts except for Kendall Fuller as well. So they're young and they're growing together. So I think there's a lot of upside there. Um, the wide receivers are fantastic. You know that's that's a good problem to have as well. But you know obviously. Um, with the wide receivers, Terry McLaurin's that proven alpha dog. Jahan Dotson will have a nice, you know, I don't want to ruin this because we're going to talk about this in a week or two. John Dotson is a strong um, candidate as well. Another wide receiver one candidate. But, you know, Curtis Barnes more of a flexible piece and Diamond Brown's more of an unknown. So I do think the um, defensive backs are more deep and I like the flexibility that defensive backs offer. And I think our, I, I talked to Adam, I think maybe offline, but our defense has the potential to be exceptional next year, you know, top 10, even higher than that. Like could be really dominant if everything clicks. So I'm really excited. What, what did they end up last year? Were they, were they top 10 or just outside the top? So 10? they were third. I think they were third in yard. I can pull it up right now, but I think yeah. they were third in yards and seventh in points. Actually had a really good year last year. I'll pull it up right now while you guys talk. Yeah. One of the things I, I will be interested to see when you pull up that those numbers, George is, it kind of last year's defense reminded me a little bit of the offense that the offense for all the yards they put up between the 20s. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 